Holy freaking smokes, folks. Come on in. Shut the door tight for crap's sake. What is that smell? Oh, did you drag something awful in from the barn? It's it's not? Okay, so what is it then? An old shoe? Miss O'Neill's close breath from the fourth grade? A, a rat's carcass after it tried to cross Wacker Drive at 5 p.m. on a Tuesday? No? Okay, fine. Is it, is, is it a leaky dumpster out back by Murphy's Bleachers on a Monday night after a Cubs Cards weekend? No? Well, then what is it? Oh, 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 well, let me guess. Is it that smell when your tiny young cousin Maxie is too shy to tell your Aunt Pam he's got to go, so he just waits it out uh, until everyone's noses start to scrunch up? Oh, or is it when you forget about a sack of potatoes in the cupboard as you find out for the first time that old Irish lifeblood smells like the inside of Death's asshole before he passes? Oh, wait, 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 hold on. Oh, no. My, oh, my schnoz is picking this one up. I got it. It's the smell of your own belly button after wearing a pickle costume all weekend as you run around in a Summerfest parade trying to scrape together a few bucks to afford tickets to see Tom Petty at Summerfest that same weekend? <laughs> Wait, Tom Petty's dead? <laughs> Wait, is it the smell of Tom Petty's rotting corpse as it floats along the shores of Malibu? Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, it's not really. Oh, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. I know what it is. I got it. No, no, no. Guys, no. I got it. I got it. No, no. I'm good. I know what it is. It's the smell emanating from our contestants today. <laughs> yeah. That's the long burn, boys. Today, I've got the big wet boy after a long, hot shoot in the July sun, the kind where he forgot to wear shorts and he's been in denim. It's Brian Ernst. Brian, say Ooh, hello. It is a stifler out there, ain't it? And his Ooh. opponent today, the man with the filthy mane, the one they call Mr. Unctious, a dude with a smell so pungent he can only be worthy of one name and one nickname only. From a hot, sticky third floor place, it's Nathan the Funk. Hennison. <laughs> Welcome, Nathan. I actually would be okay with that. <laughs> I actually would be okay with that. I'm Mitch Brinkman, and I'm strangely curious about the smell of my own belly button. That's a true fact. I'm your host today. <laughs> And we're going to journey through Olfactoryville, that quaint, potentially putrid town that exists just beyond Candyland. You know, the only place in Fantasy County with a landfill? Yeah, that's the joint. Okay, our contestants today <laughs> will take you on that ride as they reveal and defend their top five smells. And of course, you folks listening at home, don't forget, you can always join in on the fun. You can get in on this on this little scratch with us here. Go to bizbear.biz, throw us your ideas, throw us your suggestions. We love to make the audience happy. So please go there, give us a shout, uh, and we'll shout you back out on the show. Okay, gentlemen, I'm going to need like a near minute breather outside. Uh, so let's take a short break to do a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber, Uber Stereo. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber stare down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, 
The host will reveal the final score. All right, every week on our show, the host has the duty and pleasure of creating a house rule. But this week, well, it's it's no different. Okay, so uh, there will be <laughs> bonus points for those smells that transport me most expertly back to my own childhood. And if you make me shed a tear over your memories, well, boys, those are double bonus points coming your way. And folks, don't forget to stick around to the end of the show where I, Mitch Brinkman, will rattle off my Fast Five list. Obvious signs that a Minnesotan is hitting on you. So here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, you won the pregame 90s car trip where we pulled off for a gas station we assumed was right off the highway. Turned out it wasn't. So you led us straight into a terrifying small town where I got pressured into paying for the gas of a man named Scooter. And Nathan had shouted at him, you awful pretty hairy man, numerous times. (laughs) And we did find our way back to the interstate eventually. But for that, Nathan, please start us off with your number five smell. Take well, us away, the funk. That's <laughs> that's. I'm pleased with your house rule because my theme here was memory as smell is the sense most closely tied to memory. So these are the Ooh. smells that uh, bring up fond memories from my life. And number five is the... Fresh air in the Scottish Highlands. And we oh. have all been we've all been city dwellers for the vast majority. Well, you guys for basically your whole lives, me from at least age 18 onward. And the difference from the the air that we breathe, we 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 get used to it. It's like getting in a hot tub. It's like, okay. At first, you're like, wow, that's something. And then you gradually become accustomed <laughs> to it. That is the stink and stench of the urban world. It's, and you, you start to, you start to we just kind of. We call it progress these- and, and, and um, <laughs> economics. That's yeah. what we call it. So, well, there's, there's the, the, the dumpsters and the sewers and the smog and the exhaust, <laughs> the carbon emissions. Yeah. There's just everything. And you, it, it's condensed, the air is thick. And so yep. I, you know, living in Chicago and then London, I was just, this was all I was getting for years. And then I take a you little trip up to the Highlands. I did. That's why it was so oh. easy for me to get oh. to the Highlands. It was oh. a train right <laughs> okay. away. Wow. And so I, I get up I, I, to Edinburgh and then I, and Edinburgh is, it's like, it, we're, we're getting there, but we're still at sea level and it's, it's still a city, but it's, it's a difference. Mm-hmm. But then I take a bus tour up to the Highlands at a place called Ben Nevis. And we stepped off the bus and I just breathed in and it was like 10 years of smog just exhaled right out of me. And this <laughs> cool crispness just, mm, oh, it was, I can still like, thinking about it just sets me right back there. It was like, it was, it was a beautiful day where it was like, if the sun was out, it was like 75. And then when the breeze blew, it was like down to 50 right away. So you kind of had to dress in layers, but the air was dipping uh, in temperature you're talking and, my language. Uh, you you may <laughs> mm-hmm. you may wonder about why when I lived in Roseville, you would think the air would be fresh down there, and it is much more fresh than the city. But we are at, and I looked this up, 741 feet above sea level, whereas this uh, in Scotland was 4,409. So the atmosphere okay. is much thinner. There's not as much heaviness to it, and also uh, in the Roseville and surrounding environs, you are never too far away from. Uh, pig and cow shit so there's always that <laughs> to take into account so that was my 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 lovely the freshest breath of air i ever took in my life was stepping off that bus in the highlands of scotland i'll never forget it 
Now, if we live in Chicago in, let's say, you know, 1915, it would feel like the entire city was also surrounded by cow and pig shit as well. Like, you know, the, the wind yeah. comes right out of those stockyards. On You're top getting of good. Yeah. On top and of the, yes, just the general filth the of regular. everyone all the time. And also, yeah. also there's like the slaughterhouses and meatpacking places. In Monmouth, Illinois, where yeah. I was born, 10 miles down the road from where I grew up, there mm-hmm. is a like a meat processing plant or something. So depending on which way the wind is blowing, anywhere in town, you get that. Yeah. yeah it's uh Don't- it's a stinky little town, I have to say. <laughs> those, those, those can be very. You know, I listened to a podcast about there are these massive, multiple football size uh, uh, fields of pig manure in North Carolina, where they, where they, it's you know, factory farming for pigs. And people in that area, like everyone gets, I can't remember the exact kind of cancer. I'm going to call it uh, pig shit cancer. Um, and you know, their houses, like, you know, the, the their drapes get soaked in pig, pig shit smell. Like their clothes never don't smell like pig shit. Like it, everything just gets utterly seeped in it. And of course the pig shit companies are like trying their best not to pay them money. Uh, but man, can that be destructive now in this Scottish Highland air? Were there any other notes that you picked up in this air when you got off the bus and took your, first deep breath in uh well yes there was a there was a certain peatiness a smokiness Ooh. it was no no oh. that was the whi- that was the whiskey i was drinking um <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> but yeah there there is actually sort of a mossy feeling because there's all the there's like some babbling brooks you wouldn't really call them rivers you know but uh sure. some nice little streams so there was that sort of real chatty uh, fresh air. <laughs> these babbling brooks <laughs> yeah wow. yeah it's well, and uh the 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 smell of the smell of like uh like you know like the the grass grassy smell like the it's not really grass mm-hmm. that we think of in our yard or whatever but you know the sort of wild what yeah. roams out uh, on the plains and then so forth was this your first trip to what could be considered like a mountainous area like as a kid did you ever go to colorado I had, or i had been to the to the rocky mountains um but okay. that was that was a different smell there was a lot more of uh you would get the the uh, the flora, the, the the pine trees and the the, oh, yes. the yes, bushes and the because it's you know very nature is like all there right there. The, the highlands are a yeah. bit barren, you know. The, okay. the, tr- the trees are not are not tall and they're few and far between. Okay, all right, okay. You know what, Nathan? I'm I'm gonna give you bonus points here. I'm gonna give you two of them actually. Um, and and I'm gonna give you uh I'm gonna give you two for your answer as well. I, I was hoping. Um, I, I don't know how close the highlands are to the ocean, but I was, I don't know. I was hoping to, to hear about a, a like sort of an ocean bouquet or something, but, th- but that high elevation air reminds me of when I was in Canada in Banff national park, being above the, the timber line, mm. uh, hiking up onto a glacier and getting the, those deep breaths there and just feeling like, why, why should I ever leave this spot? I should just set up shop right here. Enjoy the sunset, the next sunrise over and over and over again. Um, Wonderful. Because there's I, no TV I, or bed up there. That's why you can't stay up there. Um, you can make a bed out of pine boughs and moss and the carcasses of tiny cute foxes that you kill and eat as well for me. <laughs> Thank you very much, Brian. Give us your number five. My number five. Don't fuck with me, Brian. Do not fuck with me tonight. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to roll here, okay? Yeah, well, so am I. Because okay, I'm going along Ooh. with the same theme Ooh. as Mr. Nathan. Okay. As things that bring up lovely memories. Good. So my number five, unfortunately, is going to take us to the state of Florida. 
which I know uh, is already not great. But it brings us Florida to the happiest. The, the, the Florida tax Remember? is coming. The Florida tax. Yep. Yeah, I understand yeah. the Florida tax. I still yep. picked it because it brings back such a good memory. Now, you got to get yourself in the Disney bubble. You're going to be in Disney World, specifically at Magic Kingdom, at a ride that they improved upon from Disneyland. I am talking about the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, specifically the fog inside the ship room. Now, this is a very specific smell. If you ever smelled a fog machine before, it already kind of has a sweet smell to it. Now, imagine this having the Disney tax on top of it. So I called a good friend of the show, Kevin, host of Disney World Today, uh, wingspan of a seven footer. We know who we're talking about here. I was like, can you describe to me, we've talked about the smell before. I'm like, if you had to put words to it, what is it? And he was like, the only words I've ever come upon is maple syrup and copper pennies mixed together. (laughs) 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 He was like a fresh copper penny and a whole giant jar of maple syrup is what this room smells like as soon as you hit the room. And it was like, you do, you mix those two together. It's exactly what it smells like. That and sounds I like only, the sort of thing like a, a wine merchant who just has never tried a yes. wine before would be like, ah, yeah, maple syrup and copper pennies. That's that's what you're going to get from this. And getting, somebody will getting, pay $35 for it. I'm getting Lincoln yeah. notes. Uh, a little bit. Of, I don't know what else I'm getting. Maybe the, the exhaust. No way. So this room, I only experienced for the first time when I was 18 years old. So that was the first time I'd ever been to Disney World was at that this, age. This is called the ship room, you said? So it's like after you're kind of like in your little boat and you go down this tiny little waterfall and you round the corner and it's the first room your little boat goes into that's like expansive as opposed to like just being in the rails. Okay. Now all of a sudden- I've never been on this ride, so that's why I'm asking. So yeah, you're surrounded by water and from your perspective, what looks like a full-size pirate ship. So this is the first room you get into where- cannonballs are firing across the room and things are hitting next to your boat and the water is landing. But because all of these pyrotechnics are going, the entire room is filled with this fog smoke smell. Got it. And it's very sweet and enticing. And it's like the Mm. most exciting part of the ride. And it was the moment where it's like, everyone tells you about, Oh man, this is a good ride. And like, I was not impressed up until that point. The first time I was on it, I'm like, okay, cool. These old animatronics. I really don't get it. This is, it's fine. It's cool. But like I'm 18. This isn't, I'm not five. It's not having it. Then I rounded that corner and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is rad. This is, this is pretty cool. And it was like, it completely changed my perception of it, like on a dime and how cool it was. And then wow. that smell hits you again too. And I've only smelt that smell once outside of that. For whatever reason, somebody was packing some food in a grocery store once as I was walking down an aisle and it like hit me and I was like, that's Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm like what the hell? Just like what food <laughs> smells just mix. And it took me right back to that ride. And I was like, oh man, nothing's going to be as good today as this moment right here. So let's get some beer and go home. So that's, wow. it's a very strange thing. So that is such, so it's like, it's sort of, which is copper metallic smelling in, in y'all's noses. Would you say that is a metallic? I would. It's yes. Like, it's like something that just kind of takes down the smell of the maple syrup a little bit. So it's not like all sugar okay. for whatever reason. That's what it smells okay. like. Okay. We've got that sort um, of, that sort of the, the water in those rides that like you're, cause you're like sort of this steel 
like guardrails plus the water yes. that kind of could be the copper where the copper's coming I, I'm in pretty sure that's it the yeah. guardrails like what your boat is on is definitely where that's coming from but like then you're like yeah. no we're gonna pump in aunt jemima into this room because that's what's gonna smell so much better <laughs> than this and, and it, it's it, it is not mass-produced maple syrup smell mitch this is oh. good good maple syrup smell so you mean just hundred percent real maple syrup smell? Because because Aunt Jemima is not maple syrup. That's just no. That syrup. was a joke. I'm talking about the okay, good stuff you. from the <laughs> okay. glass jars. Okay. Yes, and especially the jars that are shaped like maple leaves, like the good jars. Okay. Did this ever make you want to go get pancakes, but pay for it and all and all change like right after? <laughs> yes, of course. Okay. And, but all that was available were Mickey waffles. So uh, that was my trade off. Can you even get pancakes in the park? Yeah, the I ones don't shape like Mickey Mouse. You know, I'm sure they can, but like they don't want you walking around with like a McDonald's hotcakes tray. But like my, <laughs> you need, you need my mom food. used to when my mom first told us we were going to Disney World when I was seven years old. She's the, at like at breakfast the next day. She made the the Mickey Mouse head shaped pancakes. Yeah, there's yeah. I mean, like those are yeah, those are classic. I was just curious if they sell those at, at Disney World. But now, if they um, gave me a paper cone and just kind of wrapped a pancake in it and then shoved a giant sausage in it and said, hey, walk around with this, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> like, if I get to go on Pirates of the... Well, that line is sometimes a long line. If you gave me a giant cone of, pan, of pigs in a blanket with a full, like, can of maple syrup and you're just kind of just like, boom, <laughs> take a bite, take a swig. Oh, I, I think I should be an Imagineer. Be- I'm just saying. <laughs> That would be a okay. Hold on, at Disney World, also putting that price on there, you get a full pancake. You know, something like the size of like you draw a circle around the the for sure yep. of your hand. You put you put a whole sausage in there. That alone, that right there, that's like eight dollars, right? Minimum. You're being more conservative than I, so maybe you should be setting really? the prices. Okay, so like okay, let's say ten dollars then, and then. Maple syrup is not cheap. So you have a whole can of it. That's like a twenty-eight dollar entree, breakfast entree. Yeah, uh, welcome to Dis- welcome to Disney World, yeah. bitch. <laughs> what do What do I care? I'm on vacation. I got my magic band. I'm going up to the food thing. I'm tapping it, and I'm not worrying about it till I go home. Like I'm yeah. on vacation. Good point. Good point. So um, yeah, Brian, I I I loved your enthusiasm here, um, and. Your your memory didn't remind me of Disney World, but it reminded me of the of the Tunnel of Love at the Minnesota State Fair, which is you, you get into a little boat, you go in the water, and there's only there are things you see are like little leprechauns like baking bread together. Like it it, it makes no sense. It was first designed in the '40s, makes no sense. Um, but so you got the, the bonus point, and I'm giving you three points. But then I'm taking Florida tax. And I'm taking Disney tax because I'm not a Disney fan. So you're getting two points for this round. We're going back to Nathan. Wow. Uh, wow. For his number four. Nathan. Who, who invented the tunnel of love back in the 30s or 40s, though? It was like some some crusty uh, old 50-year-old carny was like, man, I tell you what. These kids today, they really need a place to finger bang their girlfriend. <laughs> 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 just away from adult supervision. Just give them give five minutes. Uh I yep. mean, that's, that yep. has to be the only... Anyways, I, I digress. Uh, my number four is much more wholesome than that interlude. Uh, this is <laughs> this is bonfire smoke, but because it reminds me specifically of the smell of the campfire we would have at my grandparents' house for the cookouts uh, under a starry sky out there in Smithshire, Illinois. These were my favorite, my all-time favorite memories of going to my grandparents' house. 
the cousins would be in town and we would all go out and uh, there, there is a, a certain place where the fire pit was and there was, uh, you know, just chairs around the fire pit and then a, a card table brought in from outside that would have chips and dip and hot dogs and stuff for s'mores. All very simple, you know, maybe a macaroni salad, very Midwestern, sure. wholesome uh, nighttime sure. meal. And so then the uh, this we would all be sort of shifting our chairs to, you know, which way the, the wind was blowing. But, uh, you know, sure. eventually the, the smoke just gets in your clothes and uh, it's, it's with you for the for the rest of the night, even after you, you go home. And uh, or when you, you go inside because uh, grandma would would head inside and might have some apple pie or something for dessert in, in there. Oh. Or people might want to go in and warm up. Uh, you know, the warm glow of the kitchen light was visible. It was about 50 feet away. And then there was a there was a little here's a, a little bouquet for you, Mitch, that was coming in. Uh, if the if the wind, if it was an easterly wind was this was not far away from uh, Bucky's enclosure, Bucky, the beloved family pony. <gasps> and uh, so the pony and he would he would stroll over and he would be there about 15 feet away from where the fire was. And we would go over and I'd, we'd feed him grass or, or we had there was a crab apple tree, which also has quite a pungent smell. So that's coming from one side. And so you could feed him the crab apples. If, if you hold, you, you know, some food flat out to a horse, just if your hand is completely flat, they'll just they'll just nibble at that. And you are out of harm's way. And so we had yes. we had the the. The, the musky smell of, of Bucky and the sort of sour smell of the crab apples, plus the, the smoke from the, uh, the fire. Then we might, we might take a little interlude down to the south side and we would uh, use the telescope that my uncles uh, Nick and Steve built when they were in high school. That still to this day is a fairly functional telescope and uh, oh. check out the, the cosmos. And uh, yeah, it was just always a really, really beautiful time. Uh, I have really no jokes. Uh, just it's one of my absolute favorite childhood memories. And uh, wow. yeah, whenever, whenever I, I, I smell bonfire smoke anywhere, like my mind immediately goes back there. And we still my grandparents farm uh, still there. And we still uh, try to get out there whenever we can to that exact same spot. Oh, and then the final smell is the most fun part is at the end of the night. When you put out the fire, there is a spigot coming out of the water. It's sort of, or not the water, out of the ground at a very random place, not far away. I guess it was there for gardening purposes or whatever. But so we had the hose and you yeah. pull the hose over and then you would just douse that bad boy with the hose. <laughs> and, you know, the, then the, <laughs> the steam would just be flying up. Yeah. And my my family being just as paranoid and and. Uh, having as many phobias as I do, everybody was super afraid that we were going to burn the entire farm down if we didn't just get that thing completely out. And so it was like a seven minute just dousing this thing and, and the steam and now the the ashes and the embers. And uh, yeah, well, it was. Uh, yeah, if, if, if I could relive any memories from childhood over, it would probably be those those cookouts at, at grandma and grandpa's. Wow. I, I, I love this, just turning a fire pit into a mud pit. That's a really nice memory. Yeah. I like that a lot. And then, then uh, the next morning, it just, it looks like there was a human sacrifice carried out right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. This, this does remind me of the bonfires that my Uncle Mark and Marvin would spearhead at my, uh, at my grandpa's farm. And they would, um, if, if anyone had recently purchased like a new coffee table or a new entertainment center, the old one went, went right in the fire, you know, and people would, would, you know, they'd start to go up in flames and people would be like, is how hev heavily lacquered was this piece of furniture? And Mark 
you know, would eventually be like, ah, I don't, I don't know. It's seems to be burning good though. And then just, just move on as it's, you know, <laughs> the chemicals are just going everywhere for sure. So we, we'd always let thing, we, we'd always let it burn for a couple hours before we started putting marshmallows over it. Um, yeah. Or that kind of wise thing. decision. Um, there was one, uh, one other small detail of this is that I, I don't like smoke in general. Uh, cigarette, like I've, I've, who likes who like, likes smoke? No one well, likes like I, smoke. Like the idea You're not of special, like, Nathan. Well, okay. like <laughs> being around people smoking cigarettes, I I can't do it. I I don't like yeah. marijuana smoke. I don't like like I don't like I don't even like candles uh-huh. in the house for a lot of reasons. But this You're this narc. is a positive yeah. smoke memory. <laughs> yeah, You're but I also <laughs> there was there was a girl I dated in high school, and her mom was a like a heavy smoker, and so but she would like come over to my house. And her clothes would still smell like whatever brand of cigarettes her mom smoked. But I was yeah. so enraptured with this girl that then like sometime later, like I ran into that brand of cigarettes again. I don't remember what it was, but I smelled it and it like it like brought up all these like, you know, Immediate butterflies owner. in yeah. my stomach feelings or <laughs> yeah, or or a massive 17 year old <laughs> erection. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Um, massive massive all right deduct a yeah. point for that one yeah raging i, I don't know what, what, what <laughs> adjective i should have used um, i i was thinking about this recently like literally yesterday about how much like perfume and cologne companies have probably lost a ton of business over the past 10 years because nobody can smoke in public anymore so no one just stinks all the time it's like 60s 70s 80s you always got to try and mask you know, like, oh, if you buy cheap cigarettes, they're going to know because they're going to smell it on you. So you got to douse on that Drakkar Noir or, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, uh, Chanel number no. five and just pour it all over your pits, you know, and, and get yourself <laughs> back to smelling good. So pour it all um, over your pits, bro. <laughs> uh, Nathan, I have I have no jokes uh, for this scoring either. I'm just going to give you three points and I give you a bonus point as well. So pretty solid little round there for you. Uh, and we're going to move you. right on over to. Our other contestant, whose name is uh, Brian Ernst. Uh, Brian, give us your number four. That is me. Uh, My number four is generic because I've smelt it in multiple places, but it reminds me of a lot of great places. And Uh, I'm talking about the inside. Don't I can't even say it without a judgment. (laughs) Judge. That's I'm what I'm here to about- do is judge. I am the judge. <laughs> judge, jury, executioner. One episode. Let's go. Come on. Cannot wait to leave this show and start my own in my basement that nobody listens to. All right. So this is the inside of an ice cream shop. Now, okay. locally, I'm talking like a wow. Cold Stone or a Jenny's. Not like, I mean, Dairy Queen smells great too and smaller shops, but I'm like, there's something about like that. Sugar is in the air smell. Yes. It's like, yes. it's like a bakery, but better. And yes. it's just, I don't know how that's the closest. I feel like I'm going to ever be to doing cocaine. Like I, I think <laughs> like, that's what I feel oh. is like going up my nose is just the sugar is in the air. Yes. And it's the one place I want to be that I want to just capture this into a bottle and release it in my house. So I yeah. can wake up to that smell at all times. I was trying to search on a map for this because I had, there's a very specific uh, uh, ice cream shop I went to in the Twin Cities and I can't remember what it was. It might have been Milk Bar or Milk Jam. It was a chain in there somewhere. Milk Jam. Yep. Milk Jam. Yeah. I think I went to one. Uh, yeah. It was, so I think it was in Minneapolis at that point. 
but it was just some of the best ice cream I've ever had. And it was just like, it had yep. that smell and it was like, I just want to harness it. And it's like, you, there's no other, you can't say anything other than sweet sugar smell. Yep. But as soon as you say it, you know what it is. It is like that very specific thing that only happens when there are just freezers of exposed ice cream nearby. Yeah. And then uh, it, has to, it has to have a sign that like where the, all the ice cream's written in chalk too. Can't be yeah. like a fancy digital sign. Like this has got to be some homemade gourmet shit we're talking. Um, Brian, you, I, I'm assuming you know what you're doing right now to me, right? Like you know how many bonus points you're just clacking up on the board here because that place you went to, Milk Jam, was trying to do its best impression of the ice cream shop I worked at all through high school, Izzy's Ice Cream Cafe, uh, voted number one ice cream shop in the country by Reader's Digest. I know no one Ooh. reads Reader's Digest. You know, they just look at the pictures. Is there more than old. one Izzy's location? Uh, there was, uh, but thankfully that whole pandemic thing wiped both locations out. Now they just have a factory oh. that they produce for supermarkets and catering and whatnot. Um, but – this smell, though, yes, the, the sugar. And also, when you're making really, really good ice cream, a good, like, baseline that you go for for your ice cream mix, which is, like, you know, has your has your sugar already in there probably and your milk is, like, a 16% butter fat. That's kind of like if you, if you can hit that, yep. you are making some really rich ice cream. You know, uh, you, you're, you're topping out around 250 calories per, like, half cup maybe a quarter cup. Yeah. It is like delicious stuff. And then you get that really good vanilla straight from Madagascar. That shit is delightful. Like $150 a gallon type vanilla. And, Oof. and this, this was so thick in the air. And after a shift my, your forearms, because you're, you're reaching over into the cabinet, you're scooping cones for people. Your forearms have ice cream all over them. And I would go home and sometimes I'd forget spots and I'd go home and my cat's would just <laughs> descend upon me and they would just lick my forearms clean. And it was, it was like this weird ritual. I'd get home at night and have chips or like the leftovers that my mom made for dinner that I wasn't there to have because I was at work. And the cats would just lick my arms clean, just get all that good milk and sugar and chocolate, whatever else off there. Um, yeah. So some very, very fond memories and no one can ever be in a bad mood. When I'm trying to show cream. you the photo. It wasn't Izzy's. I have photo evidence I found. It wasn't Izzy's I went to, not a milk jam or milk bar, whatever it was. It was home of the Izzy scoop. That is where I actually did oh, go. Oh, you went to Izzy's. Okay, yeah. So probably, I did go to Izzy's. It was it was in downtown Minneapolis. It was, it was downtown it East. Yep. Like like very yep. artistic or whatever. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yes. That is that is the jam. Um I actually uh I had a flavor in the uh flavor contest one year it was called Pirate's Booty. A nice little callback to your Pirates of the Caribbean right there. It was uh chocolate ice cream with uh chunks of peaches, gold, soaked in rum. Pirates love rum. Uh raspberry swirl, <laughs> blood in the water from the sharks, uh and then white chocolate for stones and whatnot. Um and I think that was it. And uh it wasn't very good. <laughs> and we had a lot left over. <laughs> and my boss and my boss Jeff was like, "Hey, this isn't selling in the shop. We have two tubs left over after the flavor contest. Do you want to take this home for free?" And I said, "Absolutely." And I had two tubs of Pirate's Booty in the freezer, my own ice cream flavor, for like six months. It was wonderful. So. Um, yeah. Why wouldn't you just gone with like caramel for gold as opposed to like peaches and chocolate aren't like the, the best combo. I, I love the rum aspect. You're, you're going for gold there. I love that. 
Because as an 18-year-old, I thought anything with with alcohol was the coolest thing in the world. I was like, nothing gets better than this. So I was, yeah, I was a real, yeah, I was a crapper. So Brian, yeah. you're getting you're getting three points uh, for that. Actually, can I just ask a quick question? Um, yes. Uh, if you guys are in a fancy ice cream shop, what's the flavor you're going to go with? Like something nice, re- you know, you've got a lot of options out there. What are you looking for? Me, I'm looking for something in the cake realm. Have they made a cake batter something? Sure. Or a peach cobbler infused or an ooey gooey cake infused? Something that has some sort of like cakey chunks, a really good syrup, and just a really good base. Okay. Nathan? Uh, I I go the Sunday route. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, pretty pretty classic, but the uh, the double dark fudge and then uh, then whatever nuts are available, and then yeah, I always baby. like to like to top it off with with uh, if strawberries are available, that's my that's my thing. Nice, that's wonderful. Well, when I worked at Izzy's, I used to always uh, steal the macadamia nuts throughout the shift because they were just salty and oily and delicious. Okay. I'm going to get stuck in an ice cream hole if I don't get us out of here and move us forward <laughs> quick. So I could talk all day about it. Nathan, please move us forward. Give us your number three, my dude. Uh, my number three, and I think both of you will enjoy this one. Yep. Uh, and this is you walk into a stranger's house in the month okay. of December. Ooh, yeah, you're uh, not even. Mom's dead on the floor. Sorry, what? No. <laughs> Where? What? Wait, um, sorry. Oh, okay. No. You, you were being too wholesome, home. Nathan. He's got to take <laughs> us the other way. And you, you're not even in the living room. You're just, okay. you're just in the kitchen, and you. See, Mom's you dead you in the foyer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Mom and aunt are dead in the mudroom. That's where they are. Oh, Jesus Every Christ. everyone is alive. Oh, Thank God. Okay. Everyone okay. is alive in the home. You, you you walk in, you do an ocular pat down, you use the, that sense first, you realize that everyone's safety is uncompromised, everything is okay, <laughs> then you move on to the sense of smell, all right? No one's been drinking and, too much? No one's had like like a, like a handle of bourbon throughout the afternoon? Okay, sorry, keep going. Uh, no, uh, but, but perhaps some, some mold wine, because <laughs> so, it is December. Okay. And okay. so you smell you smell some some of the, the the cookies and maybe some some caramel or whatever. But the moment Ooh. you're waiting for is something cuts through all of that, Ooh, and it's uh, you can smell that they have a real Christmas tree in the oh, living room, baby, oh, the yeah. real tree. Yes, nothing plastic. The real tree is there. They've been watering it every day. The cat has knocked a bunch of the needles off. So they've had to sweep up a bunch. So even in the trash can, it smells like pine needles. And you know that this is a family that takes Christmas just as seriously as we do here on the show. Yes, we do. No tradition will be skipped out on. They are going to have all the trimmings. They're going to be watching all the classic movies. They're gonna be they're gonna be playing the uh, the Rat Pack Christmas Carol or like Christmas carols. They're gonna be playing yep, 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 the yep. Uh, Luciano Pavarotti stuff. They're not gonna have Mariah Carey on. This is the nope. real deal. This is gonna be some authentic Christmas experience, and it's gonna take me right back to when I was a kid when we used to go to. It was a half uh, 
Christmas tree farm and half vintage motorcycle repair shop. <laughs> that was the place. <laughs> and we would we would drive out and we would hunt for the the perfect tree. And in our, I think it was a Plymouth caravan that was purple. I think oh. I mentioned it on our our uh, show where I told a road trip story. The siblings. Yep. Uh, and my dad would he would have this saw and and Laurel and I would take turns pretending that we were making progress with the saw and then my dad would do all the real work and then the, it would fall down and then we would tie it to the top of the van with and I mean how that thing never falls off I don't know but it, we would take it the, it was probably about 15 miles back home all the ordeal of bringing it through the the front door which is never big enough and all the needles fall off there so your house is just going to smell like real christmas tree throughout the whole season <laughs> and it always just rises above all the other great holiday smells so yeah. that is yeah. um, my number three i lay it at your feet i'm laying this at everyone's feet we need to do a special christmas smells episode only oh, okay yeah, <laughs> i think we done. can fill that up so just put that on the roster Nathan, uh, you, I mean, just like what Brian did with the ice cream shop, you knew what you were doing with this one. Three points for you, bonus points on top. Um, no jokes for me here. Uh, love it. Brian, shoot us your number three. Number three, I'm not going to dance around it. Nathan's going to hate it. You're going to love it. I'm Don't talking dance. about a really good coffee shop. Oh, now, yes. Specifically one Fuck, that has a yes. roaster in it. One that oh. has a roaster in the back. Mm. All right. I want to see green beans and sacks that get dumped into this hot machine yep. that get baked brown, baby. And then they're yeah, cooling yeah. in the back with that little spinny metal thing. Oh, and you yeah, know yeah. that that's the coffee you're going to get. Yep. You're getting nutty flavors. You're getting earthy flavors. You're getting, you're tasting it with your nose. Yes. Yes. And then you get to go up. They give you a nice ceramic mug that has the the shop's logo on it. This isn't Starbucks. This isn't Dunkin'. It's a classy joint. It's a place where you go up and they give you a cup and it's like refills are free. You pay, you you pay for that cup. You fill it up as many times you're going to be here. All right. You kind of come up, make sure you try all the flavors. All right. We don't keep these out. We change these all the time. So make sure you try them all. (laughs) Then you you go up to that little, little draft handle and you're going it. And it's like, you're starting to see the steam. Boom. And then you take a taste. Like, you know, I, I don't like black coffee, but I'll I'll even take a sip at this place. Like I'm going to try it black first. And like, yeah, even this is good. Like now it's uh, this, I could do this. Yeah. So my favorite place I do, it no longer exists. It was uh, called big water coffee in downtown uh, Bayfield. And they had a roaster in the back. (laughs) I remember being there once with my uncle Corey and I was like, can we like look at the roaster? Like we go back there. He's like, they're not going to stop you. Just go. It's Bayfield. I'm like, All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally just walked in the back, started looking, reading the sacks. And I was like, oh man, this thing's awesome. Cool. He's like, see, nothing happened. But yeah, that was the place where I would go all day. I would start with a honey bee latte, mm. which was literally just a, a, an espresso latte that had honey that had vanilla beans steeping in it for a week. Oh, so just vanilla honey mm-mm-mm in Very a uh, pressure steamed espresso shot. Oh, and then I would just drink cups of coffee the rest of the day and just be completely wired because I'd been there for like three or four hours in the morning. Sure. But um, Brian, I'm going for 
Quick question. I, I love this. Yeah. Uh, you know I love coffee shops. We've spent a lot of time in coffee shops together uh, trying to write things. Um, sometimes successful, sometimes not so successful. But either way, we had coffee, which is always a plus. Yes. Are yes. you a light roast or a dark roast or medium roast fan? Uh, I am a light roast most yes. of the time. Woo. So I like my caffeine. Yes. Good. But at Sorry. night, at, at night, I want a dark roast. Like when it gets like after five, I want something just sure. like super strong and bold to taste. That's what I want. Sure. I like, I like how, how we're, we're both like, yes, after five o'clock, we'll, oh, we'll have a dark roast, you know, something yeah. nice and light, you know, where most people are like, I won't have coffee after 10 a.m. or else I'll be up till, till the witching hour. God knows when, you know, um, I could do a shot of Coke zero or a coffee while I'm getting <laughs> into bed and it would do nothing to me. <laughs> I get a full 12, a full cup of coffee, eight ounces or a full 12 ounce. I'll do both. I'll do a whole <laughs> cup of coffee and a Coke zero and I will sleep like a fucking baby. Funny story. I just tried the new Coca-Cola with coffee in it. Uh, it was free at Jewel at the Jewels, Osco. Um, weird tasting. Like it just tasted like yeah. first cough or first Coca-Cola, then coffee, but kind of good. So didn't um, hate it. Didn't hate it. Brian, you're getting I, today. Today, today's an easy one. I mean, I, I I charged you that Florida and the Disney tax, but you're getting three for this one again, and some bonus points. Nathan, moves along to your number two. Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna say, Mom, if you just tuned in, yes, I am still here. I just had nothing to contribute for the last <laughs> few minutes. <laughs> Couldn't relate to our listeners. It's, it's it's because Nathan's a communist. That's yes. so. <laughs> that's. He's All a right. communist, and we still do love him. We think we're sure, maybe. Okay, yeah. He's one there. Where's too much red? Too much red. All right. That's actually a very. I actually. A quick aside. I went into a therapy appointment. I go to therapy once a week. Take care okay. of the old noodle, and yep. uh, I went in not that long ago, and I was wearing like a, a tan shirt and like sort of. I don't know. Uh, uh, a little Michael brighter color. Yes. No, know. no. I was I was <laughs> oh. wearing something like like tan and like something yellowish like over it, like as a, a t shirt. And that sounds and like my, me. Well, yeah. yeah, my 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 therapist <laughs> said she was like, I don't think I've ever seen you without red and black on. And I was like, Wow, that's I guess I really <laughs> have leaned into it even harder than I thought. Um I still have the same wardrobe I did when I was ten. Uh, <laughs> except it's doubled because when I was 10, there wasn't man. It wasn't half Manchester United. It was half Chicago sure, Bulls, sure. half what else? Now it's- I have a very quick, similar aside. The same thing happened to me where somebody was arguing in a class in high school once and came to my defense and was like, no, 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 you can't talk about what Brian's wearing. I mean, he has style. All right. He sticks to his reds, blacks and whatever. You may not like it, but it's a style. <laughs> Some friend was defending me, and I was like, "Oh, the first half was nice, but uh, let's go to lunch." <laughs> I've had where many was people the, where say, "Where was this guy in my life?" I have a style, damn it. Yeah, so I, it's, I, 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 technically yes, just as like I'm in technically round is his shape, so I'm in shape. So <laughs> you could look at everything through uh, glasses half full. In, in college, I had a number of people go, you know what? Yeah, most people wouldn't wear, ever wear what he's wearing. But you know what? <laughs> he chooses to wear it. And he's not embarrassed by that. So I think that's good, Mitchell. So I don't, I think that was, yes. And I'm like, thank you so much. Slight uh, of hand compliments. Gotta yeah, love Yeah, right. Uh, okay. Let's move on to our number twos, guys. Uh, we're, we're we're coming down to the to the wire here. Keep. Keep firing both barrels because I'm enjoying it. Okay. 
Well, th- <laughs> this is my number two. It, it was uh, taking me back to a very specific part of childhood. We're talking like 98 to ni- like maybe 02. So, but really more like the sixth, seventh grade era, but sixth grade in particular. Okay. And the smell. You're just discovering your body. Involved, and, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that was, that's for a, a different smells episode. <laughs> um, but this Christmas is. Smells? No, 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 no. This is the smell. The smell of whatever it was The Rock was cooking. <laughs> so when I was really young kid, other people were watching wrestling and I would watch wrestling and I would think this, this, this is, this is pointless. This is dumb. This is weird. This is whatever. Like, you know, like the winning and losing doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's like a, a soap opera for just meatheads or whatever. And that, that yeah. was my thought when I was young. And then I remember being on the playground and the, I was a sixth grader and the eighth graders were talking about the rock and I did not know what The Rock was, but it was wrestling. And they, the, you know, I was a sixth grader. Starring Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. Yeah, well, there was. During, so after they got done talking about that movie, they talked about A more portable version Johnson. of cocaine. Okay, yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. And I, I wanted to be liked and accepted by the eighth graders. That was the most important thing in of my course. life at the time. Sure. Yeah. And so yeah. I went home and I watched uh, The Wrestling, as my grandma would have called it. <laughs> And The Rock comes out, and he is just fucking incredible. And for the next few years, I would I would tune in, and like people would ask me, and now people like reminiscing would ask me about other wrestlers from that era, like, oh, you remember like uh, Chris Jericho, Y two J, when he did? It? I was like, no, I don't remember, because I would I would be flipping through the channels, I'd be watching the NBA or whatever, and I would go back, and it was like when The Rock came out, boom, I was all in on The Rock. Yep. And uh, he was, what does that catchphrase even mean? If you smell what The Rock <laughs> is cooking, how is like only he could have made that cool. And then he also yeah. had, he had some culinary references. He would have, well, first of all, you remember he was the people's champ and it was like, yep. oh, these are the people's sunglasses. It was the people's elbow, which was yep. the stupidest move ever, but also the coolest. <laughs> and then he would talk about the people's strudel. Do you remember the people's strudel? No, you don't I remember the people strudel. <laughs> I've never watched wrestling well, ever, so you gotta have to fill me in. The people strudel was this like a German sidekick that he'd bring oh, out no. and be like, Ooh, <laughs> So I'm, I'm just gonna tell you what the people strudel was. The people yeah, okay. strudel was the rock's <laughs> penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. he, re- he would talk about he would talk Soft about pie. And full of cream all right sorry. <laughs> he would talk about pie which was his euphemism for vagina and then wow, strudel which was what? his euphemism for penis it's the most childish and stupid thing ever just like all the rest of his catchphrases but he pulled them all up i mean he spoke only in catchphrases for five years yeah, it was, it you know, the interrupting people, the what's your name? It's a, it doesn't matter. It, like it was all so predictable and yeah. but it was just so satisfying. <laughs> and it got to the point where, you know, the, the, the arc of wrestling is like, oh, they become, uh, you know, they, they have the heel turn where they become the villain for a bit. And then they, they yeah. lose the, the, the champion loses to some underdog and then there's a new beef. And when I was watching it and that stuff would happen with the rock, I'd be like, no, 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 no. 
No, The Rock just comes out. He says these ridiculous things, but still makes him sound cool, and then he wins. That's what yeah. I want. Is I don't, I don't want any conflict or dramatic intrigue or storyline. <laughs> I just want the catchphrases. And so yeah. I remember, like we would all every time he came up with a new one, we'd be on the playground. We'd be playing the classic basketball game knockout, which oh uh, yes. you guys may oh, remember yeah. from the playground. And it would be like a thirty-five very, very person game of knockout. I love the game of knockout. We should play some knockout soon. That is a oh, classic I will, game. I will beat you. I, I've I I won multiple knockout championships at basketball camps. So I I of course I of course never did really. Yeah, never. Okay. Oh, Anyways, okay. we'll we'll have All that right, conversation okay. off air. But okay. <laughs> but but we would be playing knockout, and then once you once you got knocked out on the rare occasions, I would that what we would be talking about what happened with the rock. <laughs> the the next day and uh so yeah then then the uh the rock started playing guitar and he became the villain but it didn't really work because everybody just wanted him to win and, and then he <laughs> moved on to the movies yeah wait 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 the rock would just play guitar like in the locker room he's like no no so he would go out to the center of the ring this was his heel turn in about oh three he would yeah. go to the center of the ring and he would play guitar and he would sing a disparaging <laughs> song about whatever city he was in so would this song can can you give us a little taste of what a rock song might sound like just just, just lyrics wise about a city I, I can't remember any specific lyrics, but it was basically like nursery rhyme format. Like, da 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 people of Sacramento, blah, 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 blah. And then possibly a homophobic joke at the end. I don't remember for yeah. sure, but it was it was not a very sensitive time in the world of professional wrestling, believe it or not. Sure, um, sure. So, yeah, the, the era of me enjoying wrestling was over quite quickly, but I had a conversation the other day about like when do people reach their prime like you might reach an early prime or a late prime or maybe you have a couple 28 yep possibly possibly but we yeah, were sure. saying Sorry. the rock the rock reached his peak in 1998 and he is still in it so wow uh, so I, I i stopped following his wrestling career after a very brief period but it was i it, it brings back all kinds of memories of, of my junior high years and only the positive ones because there are a lot of negative ones and i'll touch more on junior high in my number one but i i leave that as my number two wow i you you actually taught me something about the rock i i, I literally thought he just had the people's elbow you know jabroni do you smell the rock is cooking and then ask a question and, and interrupt so oh um, there's so many more and i didn't even touch on the rock and sock connection with mick foley but that's that's all for people can do their own research that is yeah um but but i do love that he had baked goods based uh sexual references so three points i'm being easy today. three <laughs> points um i know brian hasn't even given his number two yet but i can already tell you nathan you're getting three points so brian shoot us your number two bud all right, my number three is the smell of history. I am talking, oh, my number two, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Is also the smell of history. <laughs> Wait, can we can we cut that? That's the promo for the next episode. Brian just saying, my number two is the smell of history. <laughs> I mean, I'm not upset. I'm not, not upset, upset either. Not upset. But not. And smelling this history, it comes from a very specific source. Yeah. I'm talking about old. <laughs> Your own turds. Is that the answer? I am digging this grave and I'm going to lie in it. <laughs> the inside of old electronics cases, specifically like that you old in. movie projectors. No, I did not poop in nothing. Listen. Sorry. Sorry. 
Okay. Like film projector cases or like an old Ooh, camera okay. or something you found. When you open this up, it just smells like the 60s. <laughs> like sure. You're like, what is this? For whatever reason, that old plastic leather, whatever, it's been buried in the attic for God knows how many years. You can get it from an old music case, like an old saxophone case. I've gotten it out of um, eight millimeter camera cases. I've gotten them out of um, actual movie projectors, old slide reels. Like whenever you open these things, they came in such fancy leather cases. But that smell, it's like, oh man, did everything smell like this? It's like thinking about like, did just everywhere smell like cigarettes at a certain point? <laughs> like, no, this yeah, scent is so. like, <laughs> it did. yeah. yeah. Like this scent, I'm like, is this what all of the specific decades smelled like? I don't know how this works, but it takes you back right away. And it's just like a little time machine, like us thinking that's what it smells like. It just transports you. So that's when you know something has kind of gone through the ringer for a little bit. It's got a story to tell. I don't know. It's a very, very specific smell. And I can't even describe it with anything else. It's okay. It's old. It's new. It's fresh. It's great. It's old. It's new. It's fresh. It's great. Okay, so it's only new. Okay. Um, did, now th- these cases you're finding are these things that you're renting, or is this like something you're finding in your grandma's attic or your parents' attic? Usually something you find. Like, I mean, the first time I think I ever encountered the smell was like with a uh, an old electronic typewriter. My oh. dad found one. So he knew I was like into writing when I was like in fourth or fifth grade. And he was like, some guy at work was cleaning out his garage, and he was like, he brought this thing in his trunk. He's like, you want this? He's like, you can play with it if you want. And I remember plugging it in and it's going and I'm like, yes, I want this, dad. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> and the entire case just smelled like that, especially when they have like little button leather straps in them. I think that's kind of part of what it is. Oh, sure, and there's like sure, a sure. felt. They always have this like weird felt lining. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like when I first opened my clarinet case, like in second or third grade, when we found it in my grandma's attic, it smelled like that. Yeah. That typewriter my dad brought home. The film projector we used to watch old eight millimeter movies on case yeah. smelled yeah. like that. This it's this like is... old light bulb mixed with like old newspaper with weird a weird case smell. I don't yeah. know. This is reminding me of something. Um, the the room that would eventually be my uh, bedroom at my parents' house from about seventh grade through when I graduated high school. And then again at age 27 when I had to move back in with him. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but that room, at, before it became my bedroom, it was sort of the office. And it had this just this brown carpeting that was the just most awful. Br- the carpeting had its own smell. But that was the room that was sort of like the, the home office back in like 1990. And there was there was a typewriter. And my dad had a ham radio um, and I don't remember the various wow. other electronics, but you describing this just whoosh, transported me right there. Wow. If you had to guess what your dad's CV handle was, what do you think it was? Oh, man, I used to know it. But I do have a cool story about my dad's <laughs> ham radio thing. This He actually he was listening to his ham radio one night in the 80s and he heard the people on the spaceship or the like the It was either the shuttle or the International Space Station. He heard mm-hmm. them talking and he couldn't respond, but he could hear them. And so he actually like wrote to whatever players at NASA would accept things like this, saying like, here's what time it was. Here's what they were saying, whatever. And they confirmed it and sent him a postcard back. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. That's I, man. I'm surprised a ham radio in Illinois could even pick that up. I, that that seems sh- 
crazy to me. Well, he, I the mean, stars he, were aligned he did that have night. to learn Morse code to get his license. So they were not fucking around with these radios. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, hey and, uh, um, I, I think, I think probably his, his, I'm going to guess the handle, uh, was like, uh, ooh, 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 um, uh, Lawman, is that maybe something like that? Just <laughs> That's a what short, I was gonna sweet, say. yeah. Oh, well, you were gonna say Lawman? Seriously, Breaker Breaker One Nine. This is laying the law. Come on down to Roseville. <laughs> laying the law. I will, for for, for Ooh, next week. I will. You got some smokies on your tail, but guess what? I'm gonna turn you in because I'm a man of the law. Sorry, boys. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> we've we've got we've got just a few minutes left on this show. I am going to text my mother right now, who I know is. Uh, my dad doesn't Janelle? respond to text messages, so I'm going to text my mom, and I'm going to hope <laughs> that by the end of the show, I will have an answer to this question. Wonderful. I cannot wait. Um, Brian, I wanted a little more description of your smell. You didn't get. You didn't give me everything. You you teased me a little bit, and you left me wanting a lot. Well, not a lot more, but some more. So I'm going to give you two points for that round. Um, Nathan, I know you are texting your mother currently, so I will fill the dead space with just more words of potential complete nonsense until you are ready to do your number one uh, whenever you are you know, uh, kosher to submit that to the group here as we record our podcast. Are you currently ready to tell us what your number one is? I am ready. Thank you, Thank you. Uh, for that preamble. That was wonderful. Uh, Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So my number one smell is, of course, teen spirit deodorant. Oh, wait, what is that? A so certain, I, does a brand make that or what this is, is that? A brand, what is this? this is a brand of deodorant that was popular in the late 80s and early 90s. And it was okay. marketed towards women or young girls, teenage girls, teen spirit. And what? so there was a party that was held in Seattle uh, in the late 80s. Were you there? And wait, a young man, a young there. man named Kurt Cobain was there. And uh, some people were making fun of him, and he okay. he uh, he fell asleep after uh, indulging in some uh, alcohol, and he woke up, and there was graffiti on the wall the next morning that said, "Kurt Cobain smells like Teen Spirit," because that was supposed to be an insult, saying that he was effeminate because he was wearing women's deodorant. And so Kurt took a look at that, and he said, oh. "Smells like Teen Spirit." And he thought, I can do something with that. Fast forward to 1998. <laughs> At this point, Kurt Cobain's been dead for four years. But a young 12-year-old Nathan, uh, who has just had his first guitar lesson, listened to the Beatles growing up and everything, uh, into some classic rock, but uh, not necessarily down with the kids uh, at this point. And I was writing sure. the right as I as I mentioned in my in number two, I was a sixth grader and I was just desperately wanting to be uh, cool by the eighth grader standards. And I'm on the basketball bus. Uh, you know, we're, we're traveling to a, an away game and I'm sitting next to Aaron Cox. Oh. Great guy. He was an eighth grader. Oh he was uh, he was a, a really cool dude. We were good friends when we were kids. He lived a block away and it, we had the okay. CD players. You know the the, the disc man, yeah, and he yes. was like, and Sony, people were talking Sony about this. Man, thank you, Sony, for sponsoring <laughs> yeah. another episode of Uber Cinco. <laughs> <laughs> and and so people had been talking about Nirvana, and like Nirvana kind of had these connotations because when I was a kid, like this Kurt Cobain guy was a mysterious, like ooh, controversial figure because he had 
you know, killed himself and whatnot. So it was like, Ooh, this is, this is dark territory. This is grown up stuff we're getting into. And, uh, so Aaron, Aaron was sitting next to me. He's like, do you want to listen to one of the songs? And I was like, sure. And he was like, which song do you want to listen to? I was like, I've never heard the CD. He said, well, do you want to hear the awesome song? The number one song? I was like, okay. I remember so clearly him putting the, uh, the headphones on my ears and then hearing the I was like, okay, this is a nice little clean guitar riff. And then Dave Grohl's drums and the distortion pedal hits in. And and I can say as a lifelong musician or playing guitar for 23 years now, that is a moment that my life took a different direction. And that was, I, I, we, we listened to Nirvana that whole year. Our, uh, when we ran out for warmups, Smells Like Teen Spirit was that. And we didn't do a mixtape. We just played Nevermind. And it got our warm-up routine got <laughs> all the way through track number eight, which was Drain You. And we just we just played it straight through. We skipped Polly, the uh, acoustic song, uh, which yes. is an anti-rape song, which is very depressing for a seventh and eighth grade basketball game. But uh, yeah. that one was skipped. But so this this became sort of the fabric of my junior high years because we were all just learning to play instruments. These are the songs that we would play in the garage with the garage band. The albums began to mean to me and they still mean a lot to me. Um, I you just always, uh, you know, when you're the teenage with the angst, you relate to them. And, uh, you know, years later, as an adult, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder type two, which is what. Kurt Cobain was diagnosed with. So there was then the, it sort of had a, a, a meaning to me later in life. Uh, but yeah, that was a, that moment of first hearing Nirvana and my life kind of as a music fan, kind of taking a left turn uh, for the better. Teen spirit deodorant was the, uh, and, and a, and a homophobic joke oddly became the inspiration for myself. And I'm sure many, many other people. Wow. Well, okay. Did you in you, fact buy Teen Spirit after listening to the song? To I have think it, on it may have actually been discontinued by that point. I I don't. I never saw it on the. Yeah. This is the thing. Is this is like my smell, I've but I've, I've actually never smelled what it, the deodorant actually smells like. But and therein lies the trick, Nathan. So technically, <laughs> I, I have to subtract eight points from you. Um, so I mean, hey, according to the rules, according to the rules of Urbersinko, uh, no. Uh, you you brought us on a beautiful beautiful journey there. Uh, th- there are no there are no jokes to be made. Um, uh, th- th- that was that was that was definitely quite a ride you took us on. I appreciate uh, you you weaving weaving all that 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 beautiful tapestry for us. Um, but as Brian, as the consummate competitor he is, did bring up, you've never actually smelled Teen Spirit deodorant, so I can't give you the full three points. I apologize, but I, I will say that. Uh, you know, if it was if it was just me deciding out, like just me, you know, <laughs> not as like the judge, just Mitchell, just little Mitchell here. This is I, this I, is I, the I guy who who points. previously but just called judge, himself. <laughs> but as the judge, it's the two judge. points. But just me, but just me, it's five points. But you just as re- the judge, <laughs> it's two points. So. <laughs> you just referred to yourself as judge, jury, and executioner who could do whatever he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> There's, um, there's rules. There's rules. See, the as rules. you know, when you host an episode of Ubersinko, you have to keep a short memory. You know why? Because if you, if you don't shoot, you can't score, right? Okay, so we're moving on to Brian. Um, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> give us your number one. I'm going to be your best three second memory, little goldfish here. Okay. Give you my number one, which is going to sound lame, but let me explain. A regular 
Pepsi in a can. Whoa, what the f- What? Are you kidding? Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. You just you just lit the bad fuse. I'm, 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 I'm on the wrong side of my bed. Okay, go on. Why am I picking a subpar cola yes. in you, an aluminum you can? You know I hate- You've been with me at restaurants when they say, when I say Diet Coke and they say, great, is Pepsi fine? I go, no, it's not. Bring me water. <laughs> yeah. The this smell is dangerous. of Pepsi out of an aluminum can reminds me of the very house that I am sitting in right now. Okay. Grandma Barbara was the only one who ever drank regular Pepsi and it was always stocked in the fridge. So anytime I came to this house as a child, yeah, I would have a Pepsi as like your treat with whatever food you're eating. Yeah. And that smell and that taste reminds me of childhood only in this location where I'm recording this show right okay. now. Okay. So it takes me back to that moment in time. We're talking around the time I would have gotten my AOL account at age seven. So we're talking about sure. 1997 here. Oh, okay. There was a computer room up uh, upstairs that had, at that point... There was an Apple IIc for a while, and then it kind of got upgraded to a compact. Either way, this is one where you had to put the CD in to dial up AOL so you can go to the Nickelodeon game section and play online games. Sure. Now, this is where this smell brings me to the second. Boom. I hear the dial-up tone noise. I see the lights going dim in this back room off of Grandma's bedroom. There in the computer where I learned how to print banners on dot matrix paper. Oh. Remember Corey showing me that? It's like, oh my God, if you, if you make it go really, really long and you must print, it'll use like 12 sheets of paper and you can make it say happy birthday, grandma. What? Mind blown. <laughs> You're telling me I could put little choo-choo trains on the end and some balloons too? This is this is magic. I remember that software a, very clearly. I think it was called Printmaster Gold, Printma- if I remember correctly. Printmaster, yeah. yeah. Printmaster that was, Gold. We, we, we used that in the in the room with the carpet and the ham radio, yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, it was it was my dad's favorite program too. So like the second he learned like I could print posters or multi things, he used to use it to draw. Like if he needed to blow up a picture to like work on it and do some tracing or whatever. It's like, oh, I could find a way to get this off the internet and print it on like six pieces of paper and tape them all together. So now I got something bigger to look at than whatever the 100 by 100 pixel high res photo on Google you could find at that time. Yeah. If there even was such a thing. I'm sorry, that was probably Alta Vista or Ask Jeeves. Uh, yeah. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Yep. <clears throat> but this is where this is where a, a regular Pepsi still takes me. It's a to the printmaster gold era of computers at grandma's house wow. where it all started, where Uber starts even right now. That's wow. kind of where I'm at. Brian So laugh at Pepsi all you want. Yep. It's my roots. Brian, you 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 did you did you painted the picture for me. You you didn't leave the edges um undone. You didn't like skip by the subject's eyes, which are famously hard to paint, are eyes. Eyes are tough to do for a lot of artists. <laughs> um so I'm giving you three points for that, but I'm charging you Pepsi tax, which is one. So you're getting two points for that. But I want you to know that I'm giving you three bonus points because there was a soda I only drank at Grandma Brinkman's house, and that was Ruby Red Squirt. That was the only soda she Ooh. drank. She had this weird, specific flavor. Just that, Ruby Red Squirt, that was it. Um, 
And then at my other grandma's house, uh, it was seven up, which we never had. We never had either of those flavors ever at our house uh, in St. Paul. So I'm, I'm giving you some extra bonus points for that. I loved that beautiful little little tale you you brought me on. So, which is why I thought it was always weird why she liked Pepsi. I still will never understand to this day. She may be the only one in our bloodline where they ask you, "We don't have Coke. It's Pepsi. Is that okay?" And she's like, "Fabulous! <laughs> like, great! <laughs> That's what uh, I actually wanted. Preferred, preferred, yes, great. <laughs> preferred." <laughs> um, okay, guys, this has been a, uh, an incredible episode. I need to tally some scores here. Uh, Nathan, I, you did, I have an update. You just got the phone calls. So while I'm tallying, give us your update and, and, and I'll be right back. So I got a hold of my parents and my mom texted me back the handle and I can hear it in my dad's voice. Him saying it, it was K-A-9-K-J-U. I can hear him saying that now very clearly. So I'm so glad he picked a catchy one. Well, then I so I, I texted. <laughs> I texted. Did it have a meaning? Must know. No answer. So I called my mom and she was like, well, my dad said, or she's like, dad says it's because uh, KJU sounds like can judge you. My dad's a lawyer. So I was like, is that because of the law connection? And I heard her turn to him and say, is it because of the law connection? And it is uh, 10.07 p.m. Central Time as we're recording this. And I could just hear my dad go, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> just, but but it, apparently it was just randomly generated. And uh, but he likes the he liked the KJU because of can judge you, but he is unwilling at this time of life, at this time of night, to elaborate <laughs> any further. Wow. Oh I, I, I love that story. Um I would uh you know what? I'm going to give you an extra bonus point. You went above and beyond, and you went and tried to find that info tonight. I'm going to give you one more here. Okay, so that's going to add one to it. All right, so here's the final score tonight. This is this is the biggest, the biggest score we've ever had on Ubersenko head-to-head. Nathan, 21 points after Ooh. three threes and two twos and bonus points added on the end. Brian, you scored a one, a three, a three, a two, and another two. But guess what? Brian racked up the bonus points tonight. He went and shot straight from my heart. So, Brian, you win tonight, 22 to 21 in a high-scoring but close affair. It's like it's like we're playing in the NBA in the mid-'80s, baby. Everyone's shooting, scoring, and doing cocaine after the game. What an entertaining night. Thank you, boys, very much. And now it's time for the host to do their Fast Five, and the host is me, guys, Mitch Brinkman. So here it is. <laughs> Top five signs a Minnesotan. I'm from Minnesota, by the way. St. Paul, Minnesota, born and raised. Uh, proud of it. Here we go. Top five signs a Minnesotan is hitting on you. Sorry, I, I read that poorly. Is hitting on you, not hitting you with their fist, but like you know, they're <laughs> they're they Top five signs a Minnesotan is coming on to you. I'll say that. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, no. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. That was not on purpose. This okay. is episode 69, so please watch <laughs> the tone okay, there. Here we go. Top five signs a Minnesotan is interested in you romantically. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Number five. They snow blow your front walk without asking and then after bring it to your attention rather than doing the pious thing and just going back inside without basically saying they want to fuck. Number four. (laughs) (laughs) They stare firmly into your eyes, take out their wallet, 
unbutton their top button and then ask to split a bucket of Sweet Martha's cookies at the state fair. <sighs> Number three. They won't mention it's their first time eating Thai food after you invite them out on a date to taste of Thailand, St. Paul's number one Thai eatery. Number two. <laughs> While drinking outside at a winter party, they'll unzip their parka three quarters down for a couple of minutes at a time so you can see what their chest looks like. And number one. On the top five ways you can tell a Minnesotan is really trying to get with you. Number one, after six dates, they'll invite you up north to their uncle's cabin. And yeah, their folks might be there too, but they also might be at their friend's cabin over in Wisconsin that weekend instead. So you accept the invitation, even though it feels a little early to potentially meet the family. Anyways, on your lunch break, you pop into Nordstrom Rack and end up finding a clearance deal on a smart looking bathing suit and cashmere blend sweater that would be great for out on the dock at night. You start to actually look forward to it. Uh, some on the Wednesday before, but you're still nervous. You haven't played enough trick-based card games yet to keep up with their family at this point. <laughs> Thursday night arrives and their uncle calls you in a panic. They're already up at the cabin and they thought they had enough mayo up there. They really did. They're not trying to put you out or anything like that, but would it be too much trouble to pick up some mayonnaise on the way? No problem. You say, easy, I got you. They mention quickly before leaving the call that Costco has a sale until Friday. You don't shop at Costco, though, so you think nothing of it. Before you hop on the highway, you make a stop and pick up a jar of mayonnaise. Traffic is light on the way up. I mean, it's Minnesota, for Christ's sake. There's never really traffic, so stop complaining about it, Mom and Dad. Um, you arrive at the beautiful <laughs> cabin on Lake Mille Lacs. Everyone but Cousin Garrett is there already. You drop your bags in your room and bring the bag of mayo into the kitchen and leave it on the counter. The aunt stops dead in her tracks, staring at it. She looks at you back at the mayo as if you've got another trick up your sleeve. A smile widens on her face. Her eyes beg for more. There's the mayo, you say as she busts out laughing, calling the rest of the family into the kitchen. This is when you find out their parents did end up making it. Now the hellos. Do you hug? Do you shake? Do you one-armed hug? Oh God, someone wants to bump it. Aunt says, that's all the mayo. Isn't that cute? We'll need more. The whole family <laughs> guffaws together, leaving you warming and silent. After her laughter dies down, their mom provides everyone relief and says she came prepared. There's an extra two gallon in the trunk. Your partner gives you a quick hug and informs you, we're making multiple salads this weekend. That leader would have been gone like that. The snap of their fingers breaks you out of a trance. Who are these people? Why are these people? You're told, it's okay. You had no idea. We're willing to forgive you. You've been given a second chance after you grossly miscalculated the amount of mayonnaise you'd need. And that's when you know a Minnesotan really wants to get in your long underwear. And that's this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. And once again, we love that hearty wom, word of mouth. So tell your friends about us. Tell your family about us. Send them your favorite episode. And thank you to the man who loves the Christmas tree the most, the guy with Nathan the long hair. Fent. Also Nathan Hennenfent. <laughs> and the man that shares my affinity for a hot cup of brewed coffee. Brian Ernst. And I've been Mitch Brinkman. And as BizBear always says, whether they're behind or ahead of you, never let go of your friends. Auf Wiedersehen and adios.
You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.